Welcome to the Friday Five. It's our weekly list of five things you need to know about. I'm your host, Sarah Rupel, and we are winding down the month of June. Many states have begun the reopening process after quarantines that lasted longer than most of us originally expected, I think. And that is where we begin our list this week, with number one. Some states are seeing a resurgence in positive COVID-19 cases as they reopen. And on Wednesday this week, New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut announced that those traveling to the states from states seeing a spike in infections would be subject to a two-week quarantine. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo made the announcement, stating that the rate is based on the number of infections per 100,000 residents on a seven-day rolling average. As of Wednesday, those states included Alabama, Arkansas, Arizona, Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, Washington, Utah, and Texas. If travelers do not comply with those regulations, they will be subject to a fine. He even gave numbers for the violations, $2,000 for the first violation, $5,000 for the second, and up to $10,000 if they cause harm. Cuomo plans to update the list on a daily basis, and we will have a link to an article in our show notes with more on those travel regulations. Number two, also coronavirus-related. If you've been wondering how COVID-19 would impact Medicare beneficiaries, CMS has the beginnings of an answer for you. On Monday, CMS released Medicare claims data that shows the impact of the coronavirus on Medicare beneficiaries. The first data release covers services used from January 1st through May 16th of this year, and it was received by CMS on June 11th, so this is very fresh data we're talking about. There is a state breakdown where we can see that New York was one of the hardest-hit states, not surprisingly, as that was the first epicenter here in the U.S., then there's a week-by-week breakdown of claims with a COVID-19 diagnosis code, a breakdown of hospitalizations, demographic breakdowns, there is a lot of data to process in this report. I will relay one statistic on hospital stays that I saw on page 11 of the snapshot. 50% of Medicare COVID-19 cases in that time frame from January 1st through May 16th resulted in a one to seven day hospitalization stay. Page 12 of the report gets into the most common chronic conditions and the cost of treating COVID-19. All data that is very interesting as we are making our way into the AEP season, and you might be asked some questions about COVID-19. The report features a little over four months of data. CMS did announce that they plan on updating this information on a monthly basis in the future. We will be linking to the press release, the public data release, and the FAQ in our show notes, so be sure to check out all of those links. Number three, on Tuesday this week, a federal judge upheld the Department of Health and Human Services rule set to implement hospital pricing transparency. The original legislation called for hospitals to publish negotiated rates for the 300 most common hospital services that can be scheduled in advance in an easy-to-view format for consumers, so no codes or abbreviations or anything like that. 
And the idea was also that the format would be easily read online by other computer systems. Now, as we all know, the rates that are negotiated between insurers and hospitals differ depending on a variety of factors. The idea behind the legislation is to make pricing transparent so consumers can make better and more informed decisions about their health care. And if they're able to seek out services by price, that would obviously be appealing. The American Health Association has said they will appeal the decision. According to the original rule, changes were to be implemented by January 1st, 2021. There is no word on whether that date is still the targeted date for implementation of pricing manuals or if HHS will push that date back to give hospitals and insurers some additional time to get those manuals up and running. We will be linking to a few articles in our show notes about that decision. Number four, J.D. Power put out an interesting study last week, and it highlights just how important communication is for consumers when buying a product. According to the study, quote, just 15% of Medicare Advantage plans deliver all three information and communication indicators. This gap has been amplified during the COVID-19 pandemic as consumers are 3.3 times more likely to receive a helpful communication from their bank than from their health plan. Now, I am certainly not highlighting this to be a downer, but I do think it's worth knowing about just in case your clients are the the do-the-research-before-they-buy type. And it also highlights the importance of communication when it comes to something as important as health insurance. The study did name the top three MA plans for overall satisfaction, so that's another interesting takeaway. And of course, we will be linking to that study in our show notes. Also there, we'll be linking to our two podcast episodes we did on effective communication as a means to client retention. Number five. Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference has been going on all week, and on Monday, the keynote speech did not disappoint. There are a lot of new features coming to the different operating systems run by Apple. iOS will be getting widgets on the home screen and some added functionality to improve messaging. Apple announced App Clips, which are basically their version of the QR code for apps in the App Store. Watch OS is adding multiple complications and shareable watch faces called face sharing. The activity app will change its name to fitness, and they're adding a core training workout along with other new workouts to better track what you're doing. I know right now I am using the strength training workout to track my core training, so I'm interested to see how my stats will change with that new workout option. Sleep tracking is also coming to watchOS 7 along with iOS 14, something Apple fans have been waiting a long time for. And Apple has also added a hand-washing countdown timer to the watch to make sure you're washing your hands for the appropriate amount of time. Now, of course, these are just some of the new features. I haven't even touched on the iPad, Mac, privacy, or any of the other announcements. But we will have the link to the keynote in our show notes so you can watch that for yourself. We'll have the link to a few articles that break down the finer points of iOS 14 as well. And for this week's bonus, one thing that I love about any Apple event is the production value behind it. The videos and advertising that comes along with these products 
are always so, so well done. But one thing I really love is the music that Apple chooses to showcase. And it's not always the easiest to find, especially if there are no lyrics. But this year, Apple made it easy for us. They released a playlist for the conference, as well as two really great playlists of Music to Code to, as they call it. Those playlists are available on Apple Music, and we will be linking to them in our show notes. If you don't have Apple Music, which I do not have, but you have Spotify, I've got you covered. I created an identical playlist there, and we will be linking to that in our show notes as well. And that is all I have for this episode. I hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy, don't forget the sunscreen, and we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel, script editing by Nicole Parasich, artwork by Nick Smith. Thank you.